Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFT Rebels. Um, I hope everyone is doing great. Uh, I'm sure some of you have been waiting for it since the weekend because we promoted this thing on weekend. So, um, yeah, I mean, welcome, everyone. Today, uh, I'm sure um, you know already, some of you know already, we're talking to Mentalist, um, my one and only NFT collector, (laughs) so far (laughs) (laughs) but um but no i mean to 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 be serious um mentalist has been one of the most supportive collectors in the community who has been very hands-on involved in supporting the nft artists and and providing uh advice and emotional support and just engaging with everyone uh apart from just collecting their pieces so mentalist i'm super happy to have you over um welcome to the nft rebels uh, thank you for having me and very nice to meet you annie same here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it took a while to schedule the whole thing, but I'm happy it finally happened. So, um, so yeah, I'm very happy to have this conversation. And I'm sure many people are very curious because I, I was getting loads of messages saying, oh, you know what, like, just try to get the most out of him. So, uh, so that's what I'm going to try to do today. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I guess we'll just start with the regular, just trying to understand your journey of how you got into the NFT space, because since it's very new, uh, all of us came from many different backgrounds and our experiences of discovering the space has been very different. So what was yours? Well, mine uh, came from, I've been doing blockchain since 2016. Mm-hmm. So... I got to know the technology back then, and I was involved in a lot of projects, did a lot of fundraising, uh, and of course, did a lot of community building too. You know, that's where my forte is, if you could say it that way. Um, And then in January, I came across Vivi, and I kind of started my NFT journey, you know. They do licensed collectibles. Uh-huh. It's a little bit different than the scene here in Ethereum, but you know, at the end of the day, it's the same. Just collectibles turn into digital, digital format, and slowly one thing led to another. And you know, in February, I just you know came across the Ethereum NFTs thanks to my friend Wolf, which kept bugging me about it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Vivi is cool, but you should look at this, though. You know, it's like. A lot, of, a lot of different things, many artists. So, of course, it took me a while to actually make the jump, you know. But mm-hmm. once I did, you know, it was just mind-blowing, literally, because the amount of creativity yeah. in space is just unreal. So, you know, here I am today just doing all kinds of things, involving different stuff and just loving it, you know. So, 
it was a really, really eye-opening experience for me. And at least yeah. all the experience that I brought from blockchain really helped me into a smooth transition with yeah. uh, the scene. So... Yeah, I can imagine because I, I've been working in the blockchain space since uh, late 2016, early 2017 as well, and um, and and yeah, I mean it's it's different because I I have a feeling that you know if you compare it to like regular crypto projects and DeFi projects and the way things are structured there and the communities as well, I have a feeling that the NFT space has a soul. It's kind of you know it's more human uh, oh, yeah. and and yeah. more creative, which is kind of the beauty of it. And the communities are are different from that perspective as well because the it feels like I mean I don't know uh, th there is a lot of money related stuff involved in it, and you know especially oh, now yeah. with this hype, people are making crazy money. But I I tend to think that it's not only about money, which kind of makes this space more human and with with more soul into it, the whole thing i don't know if if you've got the same impression or not oh yeah definitely i mean there's a lot of money in the technology itself you know as it is yeah. and of course artists are finding ways to make a living so in that regard uh, kind of make me realize the other day that which is what I posted the other day, you know, I was thinking, hey, you know, I really love blockchain and that's what I did for so many years, you know, but I was kind of championing something different, you know, I was championing just the theory because in reality, blockchain is just the theory right now, you know, we're starting to see the adoption, but it's still so many years later, you know, and we're still not really there yet. Yeah. So I think that's when I realized that NFTs is actually the the best bridge possible because you're connecting at a human level, you know, and that that is priced, yeah. you know. So yeah, that's, that's my conclusion, you know. And in blockchain, I was championing the technology, but in NFTs, I'm championing you, you know, your ideas, what you want to do, what you want to bring forth, what kind of change you want to make in this world. So that's way more powerful. And of course, the money's yeah. great, but what you're truly yeah. doing changing people's perspectives into the way they see or think about something specific which only art can do you know you see some piece of art and then you know it's a whole journey from there on if you connect with the piece and more importantly if you connect with the artist at the same time so it's, it's a two i guess it's a two level or a two layer process mm -hmm. you know yeah, I think like, you know, I'm, I've been thinking about like, we, we all have this challenge of how do you explain NFTs to people who are not in the field from the field, right? Because the problem is that I feel like the term NFT itself is like a bit awkward. And then, you know, uh, and then you open the abbreviation and you say non-fungible token and it, it makes people even more confused. It doesn't really tell anything it's like huh uh, so um so my personal explanation about this like the shortest version i could come up with was like tokenized emotions we're just creating tokenized emotions which is kind of you know which may include different kind of you know application of how you illustrate that whether it's 3d arts whether it's painting whether it's poetry whatever it is but it's kind of it, it ends up with a, one kind of digital format of an emotion that you just put out there at, at this moment 
that's kind of the easiest way to explain things from my perspective. And I feel that you are right. It's um, It had the best kind of the fastest adoption up to now, you know, compared to other uh, sort of branches of the blockchain, because it feels like it's around things that people already know and resonate with. It's about like common human things like art, like music and, you know, like literature and everything else, which we already kind of, you know, feel part of and have a need, the need of while for example for defi people need to have uh, at least the basic knowledge of finance and how finance yeah. works or you know they have for for other blockchain related stuff that you have to learn the tech related things and there is a learning curve here it's about stuff that you don't have to explain people understand it it's just the technicalities of how to use metamask or you know other things but the underlying things of what they sh- can create as just limitless, right? It's they, they can do pretty much anything that that they can think about, essentially. Yeah, the, learning, right? the learning curve is definitely shorter. So, yeah. and we're talking about collectibles at the same time, which is a huge market that is already yeah. developed. So that that you don't need an interface, you don't need anything like an application. You just need your collectible, you know? Of course, if you have an application and stuff like that, it's much easier to onboard people. But what I'm trying to say is that once you have the collectible aspect to it, wow, that's just, you're merging both worlds right away. And, you know, there's a lot of money in collectibles already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at, like we we forget about the time span of the, all these things. Like many forget that apes came to life like in April, like late yeah. April, end of April, right? It's it's been what few months, and then you have like you know so many lives changed just because they chose to mint an ape or a few apes or whatever, right? And now they got the mutated apes on top of it. And then, you know, it's it's just, you know, compounds to the things. And it's interesting you mentioned collectibles because we had loads of discussions on Twitter spaces um, among the crypto artists. And there are many who feel a bit... um, First of all, who compare both, right? Who compare crypto art and crypto artists and their projects with collectibles, which I think is wrong, but I'll I'll, I'll listen to you about that. But also when they compare, they compare the visual artistic quality of the collectible characters or animals or whatever you have there, right? Um, Which not always for, for, for those collectible projects is a priority in terms of, like, you know, that's just an illustration of something else, right? It's a more complex project per se. So um, so what are your views about those two kind of big blocks in the NFT space, collectibles versus one-on-one or versus not one-on-one, but collections of crypto art? Um, what are your views on those? Well, I think, I mean, everything is collectible, you know? If you have one-on-ones, you're still collecting the artist's mm-hmm. collection. You know, maybe they have a short series of three pieces in a theme or maybe their whole collection is just uniform in their theme. You know, so in that sense, I see everything as a collectible. Of course, maybe the the generative projects or the multiple uh, series in that aspect, maybe they have more appeal because maybe, you know, some people like maybe some people don't like one on one art. 
I mean, that's basic, you know. Maybe they feel, uh, you know, I like art, but I like my own painting in my own house, you know. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't understand that as an NFT. I just understand my own painting that I can touch it every day. But as far as a collectible, then, of course, this little animal looks cool because, wow, I can have 10 little animals and now my collection is bigger, you know. When, I collect, when a collector... I guess in a collector's, collector's mind, it works a little bit different, you know, because one thing is you want to have exclusive, exclusive something, you know, an exclusive mm -hmm. part of this collection. That's one aspect, you know. So maybe that's easier to please in a generative project because, yeah, maybe it's 10,000, but there's only 50 like this. Mm -hmm. So as a collector, I'm going to do my best to at least get one of those 50, you know, or maybe two of the 50. There is a different level of collectors too, that, you know, like maybe they want to get all 50 special ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like pranks. So yeah. There's different changing. incentives, you know. Yeah. So as far as the, as far as the NFT itself, I, I consider everything a collectible. So you know, maybe I like the artist. I'm going to get a few pieces of this artist. So even though there are one-on-ones, but at the same time, you're in their collection and maybe their collection is only 20 pieces. Yeah. That makes you an exclusive collector even much faster. You know, I think that's the part that collectors don't understand yet. You know, they're like, oh, this is a digital. Everybody can copy it. Yeah, but right. You don't, understand, yeah, you don't <laughs> understand the technology behind it then it doesn't really make any sense, you know? Yeah. That's why I try to, I don't try to explain it. I just show my friends, like, just here, let me show you. Mm -hmm. Kind of like I went to Chicago the other day and we met up with Samuel and he's a regular contemporary artist. And he was kind of trying to, try to grasp the concept, you know? And I was like, man, let's just go to the gallery, you know? It was lucky for us that there was a gallery opening right by my friend's house. So we just took him there and he was actually able to see the NFTs being displayed and you mm -hmm. can actually understand like, oh, this is what we can do here. Yeah. This is why it's exclusive, you know? This is why nobody else can have the same one because there's only one. Yeah. So when you see it, it's much easier to understand the basic of the technology, you know, the basic concepts of the technology. So, yeah. yeah, I think in that sense, to me, everything is a collectible. So it's much, it. much simpler. Yeah, I see. So um, I think many people who come to the space, especially coming like, you know, creative people, creators and, you know, artists who are coming to this space who don't have, the understanding of the technology yet and who, who don't have the crypto background yet. For them, getting to the space becomes a little bit overwhelming in the beginning because there are so many moving pieces and so many things that they have to grasp and figure out and in, in most cases at the same time. So um, for someone who's getting to the space, um, what would be probably not the shortcut, but like the easiest way to sort of just, you know, distill it into smaller pieces and just to understand where to start because many are overwhelmed because they are trying to do everything at the same time or to understand everything of the, of the same time. So what's the, the foundation? Hmm? 
Or the creator, you mean? The creator, yeah. The creator who doesn't have the crypto background. Like he got into the place, there's so many things and so much information from so many yeah. sources yeah. and not oh, always yeah. like it's hard to filter out. Like where should they start just to simplify this for them? Well, I think for the creator, the biggest hurdle is that now they have to put themselves out there. Yeah. You know, a lot of creators, they, you know, they like their their safe space, they like their privacy, they like to create, but at the same time, maybe they don't like to interact that much. You know, I, I think that's the biggest yeah. hurdle because when you come to NFTs, if you're not putting in the work, you know, you're going to have a very hard time people finding you. Yeah. If you're not interacting with the community, nobody's going to know you, you know? So I think the first thing they need to do is understand that crossing over to NFTs is going to require a lot of your own hard work as far as talking about yourself, promoting yourself, talking about your achievements, your failures. And so one, the first thing would be, you know, check, check out how other creators do it on Twitter and kind of learn from them, you know, how to build your, your own bio, how to build your own links, maybe how to set up your own, uh, OpenSea account, which is the simplest way to do it in the beginning, you know? I mean, you have Hen as well, but that requires a little bit of more blockchain knowledge. You know, you got to change, you got to exchange your... Yeah, Tezos, you have to get Tezos. And then mm. you got to set that up and like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a bigger bridge to cross. But I, I think those are the simplest platforms where, uh, where a creator can can get themselves into to actually just you know, get a feel for it. Like, what is what is minting? You know, like, what do I need to mm. mint? Oh, I need so much Ethereum. Or, oh, I need so many Tesos, you know? And now I have to verify my account and I got to do this and I got to go through these steps. So I think the simplest way is, you know, look at others, how others do it on Twitter and also open your own account in OpenSea and just test it, you know? You don't have to even put your name or like, your real creations, just like open an account and play with it. You know, same you can do in mm -hmm. hand, open it and like just mint something. So you can actually go through the process and have the minting part down. Cause that's the easy part, you know, Yeah. as a creator, you already have, I'm assuming you have thousands of works done already, you know? So the minting aspect, that shouldn't be an issue for you, but learning the social the social skills, that's, I think that's the biggest hurdle many yeah. creators go through. And that's a lot of, I know a lot of artists that they have great stuff, but they don't like the social interaction. So you're kind of like in yeah. between a rock and a hard place, you know, it's like, you want to mm -hmm. sell your art, you have to put yourself out there, you know, because I mean, you, you can find somebody else that can do it for you, but it's not the same though, you know? Uh, yeah, People I mean, I, I just, it's hard to outsource being you. It's like, yeah. how do you do that? It's just a and, bit. And I think that's, I the, that's, that's the strongest element of the NFT is that as a collector, you can have a one-on-one -on -one, like I'm doing with you right now, you know? Yeah. Let's see if I, if, if I saw your piece at a museum. Oh, it's great. I love it. I can buy it. But then that's it. You know, like, I don't know you yeah. except what. It's being uh, on the description at the museum, you know? 
I really mm -hmm. never met you or anything. So I, there's there's that connection that it could be made, yeah. but it's much harder to make it. You know, you got to go through so many hoops to get to you, the creator. You know, whereas an NFT, when the creator puts himself out there as a collector, you have first access. You know, and that's incredible. I think that's the biggest asset of the yeah. NFT space. You know that through it's the really NFT, hardest. It's yeah, true, it's through the, the hardest NFT, part. Through the NFT, you can get the connection with the creator if it's there. You know, if it's not there, it's not there. That at yeah. least that option is there too, though. No, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think it's the hardest because it puts people outside their comfort zone, right? It's it's like, I, I totally get that. It's not comfortable to get out there. Uh, to be visible, to to share, like you know, uh, part of yourself, and and also it's kind of you put yourself in a vulnerable situation because by you, you can't not put yourself out there, but at the same time, by doing that, you you basically allow people to judge you or you know to yeah. to criticize you, or you know you open that portal right, and then anything can happen. So you can't predict, you can't expect, you don't know what's going to happen, where is it going to lead you, how the community will, will, you know, whether they will welcome you or, you know, your vibe won't resonate with them or whatever. You it's hard to say in advance. Um, but there are some people who feel so uncomfortable to, to get out there for different reasons, sometimes for based on where they work or, you know, there are different reasons to prefer to stay behind an avatar, right? Oh, so yeah. they create this new persona, which is kind of the, the persona of the artist with its name, with its kind of, you know, avatar, etc. But it's still, there is still a personality behind it. Do you see any difference, as a collector, do you see any difference between those accounts who are kind of, you know, not showing their real self in terms of identity, revealing identity and, and doing it behind an avatar and people who are like more open and you know their names, you know how they look like, etc. Do, does it make a difference for the collector or not? Uh, I think as long as the image they're portraying it's really themselves then it doesn't it doesn't make a difference whether their physical appearance remains anonymous or not you know because at the end of the day we're not this you yeah. know we're really what we're thinking and what we're feeling so if the artist is able to convey the message of what they're truly about then that's what connects with the collector you know as well as the art. So if the art resonates with the persona that they're portraying, where they feel mm -hmm. safe that, okay, I don't wanna reveal my face, but I feel safe talking about my feelings, talking about my ideals, which I can actually express them through my art. If that connection is there, then, you know, it's no difference. That's what Got makes it. the art powerful. You know, what makes the art powerful is your thoughts and your feelings not what you look like or whether yeah. you want to be public or not. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's good to know. So, uh, but I think the same thing is about collectors as well, because I was told that there are many quite big collectors who are very involved in the space and who are buying and supporting lots of artists, but 
you don't know who they are and you can't get in touch with them and they are kind of hidden and working behind the scenes. And then there are collectors like you who are out there, who are visible, like, you know, you, the NFT millionaire, Torsten. There are a few people who are kind of part of the creators community already and we know you and we know how to get in touch with you and you know you're just part of the engagement overall engagement um so um i mean we know how to get in touch with the ones who are visible um how to get noticed um or for those who are invisible but are monitoring the space how to get noticed Yeah, I guess that's that's one common question. How do you get noticed by collectors? And without you know, being annoying and and yeah, kind without of, being annoying, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, it's that's when that's when you as a as a creator working your hardest just to put yourself out there because there's no way, there's no magical formula. If you do this and then if you do that, and you follow it by this last step then I'm guarantee you, you're going to get noticed. No, it's, it doesn't happen like that. You know, mm-hmm. it could be like, it could be the, just out of, out of luck, you know, maybe, maybe that one day where I was feeling a certain feeling and I've never noticed you before as a creator, all of a sudden, like I come across your piece and it's like, Whoa, but you've mm-hmm. been working hard for months, you know, or weeks. So there's really no formula. It's just a matter of getting involved and tapping into as many circles as you can so your your own creation reaches as many circles as possible, you know. In my circle, there's so many reach. There's so much reach. In your circle, there's so much reach. Mm-hmm. In another person's circle, there's so much. There's, we're all limited by our own reach, you know. So yep. if we tap into different circles, at least we can make sure that we're trying to resonate outside of you, outside of me, outside of the other person. And I think that's the best way, you know, just put yourself out there and get as involved as you can. That's the only way. Maybe what yeah. I see today, I don't like it, but maybe if I see it next month, I love it, you know? So, so would you say also kind of broaden the topics that you cover and not focus only on your art? Yes, definitely. Also what you're saying, just definitely. share more I mean, of you yourself. Cannot, yeah, you cannot, you cannot only hustle about your art because then you're limiting yourself at what you're putting out there. You know, like, okay, I just know your art. That's it. Mm-hmm. What if I don't like your art? Maybe I start to get to know you as a person and your ideals. Then your mm-hmm. art makes sense. Yeah. And maybe you start creating something else that, okay, I can see where you're going there. Hey, I like, I like that. I feel I agree with your ideals in that particular moment, you know? So if mm-hmm. you are putting yourself out there more than just your work, then you're going to reach more people that way. Yeah, totally makes sense. It feels like you've cracked the Twitter algorithm because I've seen your reach numbers, I've seen your engagement numbers and everything else, and it looks fantastic. And uh, what is even better, I, I mean, because, you know, numbers not always make sense and it's not always about numbers, but those are genuine numbers. Those those are real engagements, right? It's not like, yeah. okay, you know, just drop your um, NFT and I may buy it or, you know, whatever, and you do it, rinse and repeat repeat and do it 10 times a day and eventually 
you know, your account will grow anyway. So that's not what I'm talking about. It's a genuine, real engagement. So are there any, like, was it a result of just experiments and yes. testing things out? And is it kind of going to be different for, for each person to find their own way? Or is there any, like, algorithmic stuff that you have figured out? Like, how does that whole thing work? Well, because I it think... feels like Twitter loves when I'm shitposting um, and doesn't like when I'm kind of, I think, more valuable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, of course, it's a lot of experimenting, you know, all the time. And taking tips from different people, you know? So the one that really showed me how to, I guess, get down to it and start tweaking the basics was uh, NFT Freaks. Mm -hmm. I started listening to him when I came into Ethereum, you know? And we connected very early on and I started, you know, hey, that makes sense, you know, let's try it, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I think what I've found out so far is that there is there is more to there is more to get out of one post if you do it correctly mm-hmm. than posting in a hundred places doing it incorrectly. Yeah. So if you're posting in a lot of those accounts that are called shill accounts, I think you're gonna get lost. And you're going to get filtered into the wrong drawers just Mm -hmm. automatically, you know, because the formats that they're using are actually compartmentalizing those kind of posts and those people that interact with those posts. Oh, so when you comment under like, show me your NFT kind of thing, that's what you're saying. Yes, that's and what I'm saying. That gives me the vibe of, you know, like um, during the the weddings when, you know, the bride has to throw a bouquet and like, okay, whoever is not married yet, just, just stand in there, <laughs> show up. I'm going to just, you know, throw it there. That's the vibe I'm getting. It feels like so lame kind of to, to put people in that situation where you're just, you know, jumping up and down and trying yeah, to get visibility. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And as a result, they get their engagement, but like the artists don't get anything. Like I've never seen people saying, um, you know, there are very few people who actually, after these posts of I have two E's, three E's, I'm going to buy whatever. No one actually puts a follow up saying, okay, this is what I bought from this thread, right? And just doing that that by itself. Yeah. And just doing that by itself is already going to make you like so much like more i don't know uh it will just prove your point right now right. people are skeptical about the whole thing like are these people even buying so yeah, and that's, um, I yeah. Think that's a, yeah that's uh also something that puts off a lot of creators you know oh there's you cannot you cannot sell here well of course you can you know but if you do it in the wrong places then that's what i was saying you're gonna get buried in the algorithm so i think what i've found so far is that like what, I, what I've been doing with my thread lately, you know, is I started with a different format and kind of began adjusting it according to the feedback, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So at first I had different set of instructions and they were kind of, I guess they got lost in a lot of people because as long as, as soon as they see like post your art, then it's like, wow, you know, they just bomb the thread with like, however they think, however they've been used to doing it, you know? Yeah. So I think by keeping it super clean, I have two, I have two goals with this kind of format. One goal is that I want to see your art and what, it, what is the value you put on it. That's one goal. By pricing it with a symbol of Ethereum, now we're reaching directly into the blockchain world right mm-hmm. away. Like we're not doing any hashtags. We're not tagging anybody. We're just using Ethereum as the symbol. Because mm-hmm. when you search the Ethereum symbol on Twitter, check it out, you know, see what you get. You can see how many people are talking about it, where it's being posted. We're going to be hitting all the places, De- DeFi, especially DeFi, you know, and we want to, that's what we want to reach. We want to reach the people that are actually moving Ethereum. We want to get yeah. their attention. So that's my first goal. And we achieved it already, you know, because mm-hmm. we see many people, that are actually interacting with several posts. And the other goal that I'm, that I'm trying to get to is that when people quote, retweet any work, what, what you actually see in the format being displayed is your tweet, whatever you wanna comment, you know? Or if you don't wanna comment anything. But the point is that once the format is picked up, and it's taken and it's being stamped with your own tweet via quote, what do I see? All I see is a price and the art. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting yeah. lost in words or links because every link is also a filter. If you have several links in your post, guess what? Yeah. You're not going to be seen. Because yeah. the algorithm the links picks it and up And the right hashtags away. as well, right? Overdoing hashtags, hashtags as well. Too. Yeah. So I, I use, I try to use one hashtag with, with every post that I make for the thread, mm-hmm. but I'm picking which hashtag is the most popular at the moment. Yeah. So I think my last one is cryptocurrency or crypto art or something like that, because that one, that one was trending at the moment. Are I you made using tools to identify those? I'm using free tools. Mm-hmm. So all the tools that I'm using are free. Of course, there's pay, there's pay stuff, but I, I'm not really getting into the pay stuff. The free tools, you can just search like hashtag Twitter or something like that. I forgot. Okay, is, so but, like any yeah, of those. Search, search hashtag Twitter, you know, popular or something like that. And you're going to see engines that are actually giving you real-time data. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when you do it on Twitter... Maybe sometimes in the computer doesn't work. I've noticed that. But on mm-hmm. the phone, when you type a hashtag, it'll drop down a list. Uh, okay, so it suggests already. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it suggests. So the, the Twitter algorithm is already built in to show you which hashtags are actually more powerful at the moment. Yeah, if you can cross-check with these other engines, then you can find that, okay, this, this hashtag is really trending. Or this hashtag really has 
10,000 tweets in the last whatever hours that the algorithm tracks. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. good to use whatever function is built into the algorithm already and at the same time cross-check it with independent engines, quote-unquote. Yeah. Just to make so sure that's you can, correct. You can see, okay, this is really trending now. Let's put it on there. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to pick one hashtag that is just the hottest at the moment, whether it's by number of tweets mm -hmm. or it is actually trending according to their own metrics. So yep. that was, that, yeah, that's my two goals with the, with the post right now. Of course, I want to find you a buyer. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, if we don't sell, we don't survive, you know? Yeah. So that's my goal. I want to find you a buyer. And I've noticed that we've been doing really good. Um, we, we have we have steady results, you know, and that's what I like to see is constant yeah. results. We're actually reaching people that want to buy and we're actually making sales, which is great. You know, it's, yeah. that's that's the that's the best news I can see in a day. You know, it's like, oh, wow, this guy sold it and or found a buyer through another person and they, you know, made, they made a deal and they actually got a sale. So that's great. You know, so it's. I think the format is working and yeah, I'll continue improving it as, as much as I can. But the instructions yeah, are there for a reason, you know, I see a yeah, lot of people that's... still kind of having a hard time, but you know, just get there, you know, because what I'm doing is as soon as I post it and then I start seeing the person that actually follows the instruction, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to retweet you right away. Uh, you know, even if I don't like your art, because the point is not that I'm going to showcase stuff that I like. No, that's not the point. The mm -hmm. point is that I want to give everybody the same chance to be seen as much as possible. And that's why I only request one, your best, you know. Then I yeah. see people, they want to post like 10. And it's like, well, now you got to understand that. <laughs> Yeah, it's to be, it has to be fair for everybody. You know, if you post two or three or four, then you're actually doing yourself a disservice because then you I'm not going to tweet any of them. Yeah, you know, I'll just yeah, pass yeah. right through you. You know, so I think the instructions are very simple and it's working great. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so there are many collectors like you who are very involved with the field and are very supportive and are helping out so many nft artists and then there are some who are just collecting for themselves and not showing up and kind of you know work behind the scenes so what has been your motivation what made you decide to to play a more active role in the space versus just you know collecting for yourself or trading for yourself well, I think the same the same incentive that propelled me to, I guess, do the same thing in blockchain, you know? I mean, first of all, I love working with people. That's, that's mm -hmm. just, it comes natural to me, you know? I, I have a very good read on people. And since I understand the technology very well, it allows me to be a bridge for the audience that maybe doesn't know anything or knows very little or knows mm -hmm. just the beginning of it. So for me to be able to digest the information and educate others, that's, that's a big win for me. That's the main reason I, 
I guess I choose to be so involved because for me is uh, that I want to take this technology and make as many people understand it and make as many people adopt it. That's my goal, you know. Mm-hmm. My goal is to yeah. educate people and make them realize that we are the future right now, you know. We are the future 10 years ago. It's just that yeah. you don't know it yet, you know. You're yeah, yeah, too yeah. distracted with everything that is going on out there and all the garbage the machine is putting out there in front of your eyes to be distracted, you know. You're you're being pulled away from life. And my goal is to bring you back and understand yeah. that life is real, you know, even though a lot of people like to say this is a simulation and stuff like that. No, life is real, man. It's 100% real, you know. It so is. there's no yeah. simulation. It's real. It might seem it like is. a simulation because people ha- can be programmed. The brain can be programmed. There's no doubt about that, you know. We can see that every day on the I street. Mean, that's what media does every day. Yeah, that's, what, that's their job. And they're doing it yeah. wonderfully, perfectly, and the most efficiently way possible. Yeah. So whether you, whether you want to cave into the programming, that's your choice too. So yeah. my, my goal for being so active is that I, that I want to break the machine in that sense, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to see people continue being programmed in that way. I want to. I want to see people understanding that in here, their own computer, you can program it yourself. Yeah. And through blockchain, that's the break. Through blockchain, yeah. the key of how we break the machines programming. Absolutely. You get the control back of your finances, of your life, of your, uh, yeah. Your thinking, especially your thinking, you know, because now you're not taking in all the garbage that is being pumped in the paper, in the news. Yeah. People talking on the street about the same stuff. No, man, this is a whole different, it's a whole different world and it's a whole different world of knowledge. Absolutely. And it's changing so fast. I mean, we, we, we started by talking about that crypto art is just, you know, the first kind of application that has been adopted relatively fast by the masses of, of that NFT technology. Uh, but there are so many other things that are coming and are being prepared oh, by yeah. different projects and are happening behind the scenes that hasn't been adopted yet. So which other applications are you really excited about and waiting for apart from crypto arts or, or how do you see the space kind of developing further, just broadening up the horizons? Uh, I think short term, uh, augmented reality is where it's at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be, I think that's going to be a new, a new bridge for some collectors to cross and feel more comfortable, you know, because through augmented reality, I can actually display my NFT on my wall, for example, yeah. or display my NFT on my table. So once, once the, once the virtual reality goggles become more mainstream, then those type of collectors will be more comfortable and more understanding of NFTs 
in that regard because they can actually now they can interact with it. So yeah. interaction is where where the short term is at. You know, we have the metaverse too. So I think those two those two mediums will play beautifully in the next year, you know. There's already so many people racing towards that goal, you know. They want to put the goggles, the best goggles, the most, you know, smallest, yeah. whatever, you know, easiest to to use. You don't have to wear it. So yeah. so yeah, I think for me, augmented reality is huge. And of course, virtual reality's been there for a while already, but augmented is yeah. Augmented is key. So if yourself, if yourself as an artist can actually implement augmented reality into your piece, you're ready, you know? You're gonna be one year ahead of the next person. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, and in terms of it feels like within crypto art, obviously that the most kind of direct application and kind of you know the easiest way was the visual art, which is where it all started. Now it feels like we see a bit more movement around music, around oh, some other yes. directions. Yes. Um, so uh, do, do you think like we're, we're sort of covering broader kind of, we're, we're moving from visual artists more towards like general creators kind of thing? Or uh, think, how do you yeah, see think, these newcomers? Yeah, that's, a, that's a really interesting question because... Uh, for me personally, I think performance NFTs are going to be top very soon. Mm -hmm. So a performance NFT just packs so much that it's undeniable. You know, the value, it's undeniable. Mm -hmm. And the sooner people realize this, the, you know, the explosion will be much faster. But we're seeing musicians crossing over. We're seeing poets crossing over. You know, the spoken word is very powerful. So when you combine it like you did with some visuals and a great score, then what do you have there? It's not a visual anymore. You know, it's not a poem, just a poem. It's not a music. Now you're combining everything, you know. So yeah, performance NFTs, for me, that's going to be the top very, very, very soon. We're also seeing people that they never knew they were creators, you know. They're yeah. like, what is this NFT stuff? Oh, let me buy one NFT. But the next thing you know, they become an artist. Yeah. And the next thing yeah, you know, because, they're really good. Because often they don't, re they have been an artist and they have been doing some stuff, but they never really perceived it as being art kind of thing. Because, you know, we all have these very high standards for kind of art. And when we talk about art, we, we're thinking about Michelangelo, we're thinking about, you know, Mona Lisa, we're thinking about, you know, all these kind of classical, like, you know, a lifetime, like completely massive talented kind of masterpieces that obviously yeah. kind of you know it's, it's a, we, we we can't get there i mean it's it's just once in a lifetime kind of completely exclusive type of people who are like massively talented um but and then we have the other extreme where people say well art is art everything is art if you take a photo <laughs> with your smartphone no matter what it is it's still kind of art it's you you created it out of nothing so um so i think that's the thing right it's about expectations many people have been creating arts they just didn't consider it yeah. as being art and now they see all these other things and they're like 
yeah and then they're like oh i can do that as well maybe i can do even better and then you just you know yeah. with all it's just yeah i think yeah, also I, yeah go ahead yeah I, I know a few people that have had that experience you know <clears throat> they're just getting to know the nft and the blockchain space and then they see like oh i can i can mint this you know let me try mm -hmm. it and they mint it and then they sell it and then they're like whoa this is real you know now yeah. i can start exploring my own creativity and i can explode and show what is in here so yeah. that's very powerful too you know it is it's it's also motivating because like if if you know you mentioned poets for example right poetry does not sell like in its classic sense like you know no. maybe yeah. novels do but like poetry books like you know compilations of poems good luck with that like i didn't even bother self-publishing any of those because it's kind of who's gonna buy it right but uh, it in its classic sense it doesn't work anymore in any shape and form it's just different type of thing yeah. right so you have to mash it up with different things but once you figure out stuff then you know many poets are like oh my god like i never even thought i could make a dollar with poetry like it's kind of a it was like a dead kind of you know branch of literature if you look at it that way right yeah, yeah and now you see like a completely different story so i think it also revives and and creates the space is great because it gives you the opportunity to be more creative in in terms of formats in terms of what could be done, right? You come up with something that hasn't been done before. And then, you know, all artists push it at each other even further. You know, someone tries something that wasn't done. The other one builds on top of it. The other one comes up with additional element. And then it just kind of flows. And I think it's important being among the artists because when, when you're among them and you're listening to conversations, you're, you're, kind of you know interacting with creative people your creativity wakes up as well kind oh, of yes. Just yes you spark each other that's the most beautiful thing and that's that's yeah. the other i guess that's the other point i wanted to touch with performance nfts is that now you're bombing all the senses okay so yeah. right now right now society is programmed to not read society is yeah. programmed not to pay attention society is programmed to have an attention span of three seconds at the most yeah so when you hit them with a performance nft now you're breaking their system down right away because now you're forcing the viewer to listen to see and to experience and that brings you many many more memories than just a visual not putting the visual artist down in any way, shape, or form, but just trying to highlight how much more powerful a performance NFT is and why I think they mm -hmm. will be top very soon. Yeah, I mean, when I was getting to this space and to be completely transparent, I wasn't planning to mint anything, right? <laughs> so I didn't see myself as crypto artist or whatever. But um, when I was looking at, at everything that was out there, I, I was thinking about, it feels, it feels really great, but it feels like 
different small lanes of like niche kind of, you yeah. know, art directions. And I felt like, you know, there's, there's so much creativity and strength that every single person has that I always had in mind, like, they should just, you know, collaborate and co-create and that's when the power is going to come. Like, you know, the musician will write the music, the poet will write the poem, the visual artist will create the animation for it. And and it just becomes like, I don't, I didn't even know how to call it. So I was, in my mind, it was like digital storytelling kind of pieces or serialized kind of digital stories or whatever it was. Um, and I think that's what we will come to. But I also think it's even you have to go even further. I think what we need to do is um, collaboration between the artists and the tech guys who know the technology and can write very complex smart contracts because they don't have that those creative ideas, but then the artists don't really understand how, mu how many possibilities they have, what can be done theoretically with the tech. And oh, these yeah. two groups, unfortunately, don't talk to each other very much, right? They are in different Twitter spaces in different oh, yeah. dimensions. As people so, as well. <laughs> so I think we have to put them together. I mean, I, I, I think there is a need for a bridge. I don't know like how to shape or form that bridge, but I think once you bridge those out, then you end up with, uh, you know, with the strengths of both and then something. Oh, I yeah. Mean, we yeah. can't even imagine what will come out of it, but I'm sure it will be something great. Oh, so yeah, it's coming. I mean, the challenge. <laughs> there's, a, there's a scarcity as far as developers go, so that's working against us but i think once yeah. the, once the the generative craze slows down a little bit then those developers are going to have more time to experiment too though you know because right now they're just yeah. packed with the generative works so let them feel yeah, which, which may start getting redundant right like oh, if you do yeah. like i don't know three four generative projects as a developer most probably you're just rinsing and repeating the same oh, thing yeah, if i course. imagine it's the right way right so you just change the parameters it's not very i mean probably it's not very interesting or challenging for you as a developer as well right yeah. so yeah i don't know so we, we'll, yeah we'll we should see. see we should see a change soon you know it's it, it's, it happens, you know, when things are hot, they just keep going until they discover another application. So, yeah. Um, you like what's your role in, in your personal creations? Do you create yourself as well or like? No, not at all. Where I'm are just you a there? Yeah, I'm just a collector, but I do have. My grandma's my grandma's uh, collection coming up, so that's that's wow. something that I'm going to showcase. Yeah, so it's a handmade works with felt, and everything is cut wow. by hand and sewn by hand, and she did it for more than forty years. Wow! And of course, now she's ninety four and she cannot do them anymore. But she her collection is like a hundred and ten works. Wow, and, that's impressive. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm already started doing a website. I already have um, another friend helping me with the uh, augmented reality aspect of it. And nice. Are you also gonna involve the physical one? 
Yes, definitely. That's, I mean, that was her dream, you know, was to have her stuff all over the world. So a lot of people are like, no, don't give the physical. But it's like, well, without the physical, I think her works lose all the value. So why would I, why would I want to keep it? You know, because the point is that I don't want to have 20 in my house. That's not the point. The point is that I want to give everybody an opportunity to have one in their home. And if they can, if they see the values, great. And if they don't, the next person will. So I'm going to be putting, I'm going to be putting her collection up hopefully next month. And yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes, you know, but so far it's, it's been received very well. And I think her works are super different because it's like a little story all around, you know, and yeah, and I'm going to have a little interview that one of my aunts is going to be doing very soon. So I'm going to put that her interview in the website as well. So people get to know her a little bit more. And I think that's amazing. A of, yeah, a couple of writings and stuff, you know, just basic info just to give a little bit of background on her. And then I'll be minting the rest of the works on foundation under you know under a different account but of course i'll be managing everything so yeah i have a family i have a family full of artists so i'm gonna be starting with my grandma that's amazing that's great i I think it's uh it's it's very special uh not only for others but like for the family as well and for the legacy and you know for for the family history and everything else that's that's an amazing kind of initiative um for you as a collector from that perspective uh the physical piece of the nft how important it is to you when you are Uh, for me personally it's very important because it it allows me yeah it allows me to to break somebody else's mold of thinking. So when they, mm-hmm. I, li- I like to wear my stuff, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I, I would like to have the, the print or the painting. Mm-hmm. If, if it was already originally made, then of course, you know, that's, that's a huge item to own as a collector, you know? That looks great on your face, by the way. <laughs> it's it's just yeah, it's so funny. That's awesome. Like it's like, like uh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Every time I do it from this room, like before the whole thing, there is absolutely no sun, and then no matter what time of the day it is, because it's already kind of six p.m. here. Uh, as soon as we start rolling and I know that I can't really reach out and close the whole thing or, you know, make any adjustments, that's when the sun comes out. Even on the most rainy days, the sun (laughs) has to come out on these periods. So, yeah, I like fitness, but I I prefer wearing the NFT because now that gives me a chance to interact with somebody in the real world that – Maybe they see the the shirt or the hoodie, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's a cool hoodie, you know." But what is that on your hoodie, you know? And then, like, I now know. I have a now I have a QR code. You can scan it too, though, you know. So I think the physical is important if mm-hmm. you, as a collector, are willing to put in the work of educating outside of the digital space. Yeah. Yeah. 
Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I think it's just, it, it's this challenge, right? At one point, like physical creators were thinking how to make it, how to di digitalize it. And now it feels like natively digital artists are also thinking about how to have some kind of physical token related to their NFT to sort of, you know, send out or to, to have something tangible for the collectors to, to, to send out. So it's interesting that, you know, both, both parties are trying to figure it out and, and see what's kind of, you know, what can be done in terms of um, incentives, well, want, right? One more thing, yeah, one more thing I wanted to add is that the, you know, you hit it right on the nail is that the NFT is a token, you know? So this token, it doesn't really necessarily have to be a physical print mm -hmm. or, or, a, or a wearable item. But the point is that, you should have you should have added value to your token outside of the digital realm so what do you do with yeah. this token in the in the real world that's something yeah. that as a creator you must explore and you must challenge yourself to to use that value otherwise that value just sits there and is valueless you know you're we're wasting your token in a sense that you're not really maximizing its yeah. full potential, you know, because a token is very powerful. A token is a key into a different world. So what kind of world do you want to create behind your own NFT? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm exploring now because I'm fascinated with experienced based nfts like tokens that represent certain exclusive experiences uh which can be like you know whatever you've created but on top of it also like a follow-up something like whether it's a membership that includes different experiences you can choose from or whatever it is right oh, yeah. those are kind yeah. of the things that i'm really interested in um and since we spoke about kind of you know you 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 Basically, we're talking about the utility of, of the token. Um, what many artists are now trying to figure out, they too realize that sometimes just creating the, the NFT and just selling it out uh, is not enough because many of us would like to continue the relationship with the collector or you know to know more about our collectors or maybe even create the community from our create or whatever, right? We're we're exploring and thinking about different ways of providing more value than just the NFT, the token itself. So I've seen many um, artists exploring different incentive mechanisms. Like you know, uh, Tori was watching here. Tori Bryant had you know amazing kind of you know creative way of approaching the whole concept of her collection and you know what she does on top as a bonuses to to the collectors, to the bidders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there are different experiments happening there. Um, as a collector, uh, what do you think? Like, what type of incentives are going to be most attractive to you? Uh, the ones that I think the biggest incentive is the one that keeps me engaged with mm -hmm. you as an artist in whatever you do. So, mm -hmm. I guess. I guess the, the main, the basic message is don't forget about your collectors, you know, don't forget about the people that participate in your program 
as a collector, even though they don't own something from your collection, you gotta, you gotta still value and appreciate the fact that there's so many people interested. So don't leave, don't leave the potential collectors outside of that bubble, you know, make them feel included in your program, even though they don't own something, you know, I think that's mm -hmm. a, that's a really valuable, uh, that's a really valuable item or element to add to it because I like to say that everybody's a collector. They just don't know it yet, you know? So give them, give them that push. You as a creator, make sure that you're, you keep them engaged enough. So maybe one day they become a collector. Maybe that's, maybe that one day is when they realize like, Oh, now I can do it. Now I feel comfortable. Yeah. So don't forget about, Everybody else, you know, just besides your collectors, you know, keep everybody in mind mm -hmm. and just try to give everybody a, a fair chance too, though, you know, whether it's, you know, you can do, uh, you can do something for your community, like a special drop, you know, maybe just do a random drop of, you know, put a, put your, the people that are interested in your work, put all their names in a hat and just pull one out of the non-collectors, yeah. you know, of the ones that are always supporting you, helping you out, or maybe yeah. they're always showing up for whatever cost, you know, maybe do something yeah. special for those people, you know, like once you have one of those winners, you know, wow, something else will be sparked at the same time. So I think doing, doing events for the non-collectors that are always around you is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you because like there are so many people who like within the community we support each other so much in on different occasions, whether it's just by, you know, one-on-one -on -one dialogues, whether it's kind of, you know, to to provide emotional support and just talk them out and and kind of, you know, um help with self-doubt or whatever it is, right? There are different things that are not tangible, that are behind yeah. the scenes that people don't even know about, but kind of, you know, it's a, it it may seem small things, but it it triggers things and it pushes yeah, people exactly. forward and it helps out. So um, I totally agree with you that those those are really um, important elements because many people, uh, you know, need that in order not to give up. Like you talk to, to artists who are talking about the fact that they didn't have a sale in six months and or ever. And now yeah. they are even thinking whether they should continue or they should leave. Maybe it's not for them. Maybe they're not good enough. And then they start thinking about their art not being good yeah. and you know yeah. and then you start telling them that you know the 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 sale or the figure of the sale of how much it was sold for etc it does not represent the value of your arts there are many different components in the whole thing that are not related to your talent that are not related yeah. to the art itself uh, but, you know, it's just a mixture of things and for some reasons like that are completely uh, not about you as a photographer or not about you as an artist, that just doesn't work out. But, um, but yeah, I think what would be like, you know, before we wrap this up, um, those who feel discouraged, those who, you know, just tried, experimented, that are struggling at the moment, and and maybe think that there's something wrong with them or their art. Like, what what would you say to them? 
Uh, I think if they've been really trying so hard in the space without success, I think the first advice I'd give them is take a break, you know, take a couple of days mm -hmm. off, regroup, mm -hmm. and then come back because you need, you need some moment, you need a moment to reset. You know, if, you, if you've been trying for so long and you've always been banging your head against the wall, you know, staying on top of it, continuing banging your head on the wall, it's not going to do anything, you know, it's just going to do you more harm. Yeah. I think the first thing is just take a break, take a break, regroup. If you're into nature, go into a hike. If you're into nature, I don't, don't know, do whatever it is that you like to do to decompress. But that's the most important thing. Just go out there, decompress, and then come back here with a clear and fresh mind and understand that it's not your art, you know, understand that there's a lot of competition in this space. Understand that maybe you should do, maybe you should push your own creative boundaries because mm -hmm. maybe what you created in the past before, what you thought it was great, maybe that's what is oversaturated right now. Yeah. So explore, explore your own creativity and don't stay in the comfort zone because that's the worst you can do as a person, first of all. Yeah, nothing grows there. So, yeah. yeah, as a creator, I imagine it's even a thousandfold worse, you know, because if you're stuck in a creation and you keep, you know, trying to go that way, I mean, they're telling you something, you know, your own creations are telling you something. So don't feel down because you think your creations are not worthy, but use that as a, as a motivation to either explore something else, or if you've had your works up there for six months, take them down and do something else. Mm -hmm. I, know, I know you as an artist, you have many, 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 many works. So don't yeah. be afraid to shuffle your own menu because that's what it is. You're, you're providing collectors a menu. If your menu is not good, change it. Nothing wrong with that. People, are, I think I see a lot of people are like, oh, don't change your price. Don't increase it. Don't decrease it. Don't burn. Why not? Stick Oops. to a certain yeah, style. Why, don't do why something not? different. Yeah, why, why, do you have to, why do you have to follow yeah. a pattern that, that is like it worked for somebody else or it worked for a group of people that now find themselves selling for, you know, 20000 or whatever amount of money, you know? Don't be afraid to to clear your own menu and just start fresh again and again and again and again, because that's what, that's what creation is. You know, we just keep making things until something works. Yeah. So don't be discouraged just by the art itself, because obviously uh, if you're an artist, you're talented as it is, you know, if you yeah. are, if you're not, if you're not confident about yourself, well, that's, that's other that's another area that, that needs to be worked on. But through your art, you can achieve that self-confidence at the same time, though. So yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to pull your own menu and change it because it's your own restaurant. So don't worry about what people say. If you want to change the price, change it. If you want to decrease it, decrease it. If you want to increase it, increase it. If you want to bundle parts and sell, it, sell a bundle, bundle it. 
There's so many yeah. ways to to actually change your own dynamic. But the point is that you got to find that spark and yeah. you got to find that courage that is in you because it's in there. It's in all of us. Don't yeah. feel that, oh, that guy did it because, or that, or that lady did it because they are good, you know, because they already know so many people because they already have a one collector. Everybody starts, everybody starts at the same place though, you know, we all start from zero. Yeah. Whether you're an artist or a collector, you start from zero, you know? So don't be discouraged because you're not selling, turn it around and be encouraged to be either bolder or try something else or just start from fresh again, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. And and I think that's the beauty of this space that you can pretty much do whatever you want, right? That's the thing. Like you don't have agents, you don't have galleries, you don't have critiques that are going to dictate what to do, how to do. The space is new. There are no rules. There are no right or wrong ways. Everyone, even if we talk with confidence about stuff, we're still figuring things out. No one is an expert. So there is absolutely no one whom you should listen to like as a guru or an expert that knows everything. There is no such thing. So I, I guess that's that's the fun part, just kind of, you know, taking the leap of fate, taking, you know, a risk, experimenting, because many people are afraid to look stupid or to fail or to kind of, you know, what people are going to think about this or, you know, whatever. But I think those who, who, who are afraid but do it anyway come up with something really nice and those are the ones who end up having success uh, because not everyone is willing to to do that, right? So it's just, yeah, I mean, stupid, fine. But like, who cares? You've never even met those people. They're yeah. just Twitter avatars out there. Like yeah, exactly. So yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> get too cut, don't get too caught up on the critics. Just use the critics to improve yourself. That's it, you know? I think maybe that that is overwhelming at the same time because you're, as an artist, now you, are, now you have, you're opening your door to more direct criticism but you know of course just everybody has an opinion take the critic the criticism that you feel is constructive and use that one and the rest just whatever you know dump them you know doesn't doesn't really matter you know those people have different toxicity in their lives so yeah true and be a rebel Okay, well, I have to be cautious of your time. So thank you very much for for the conversation. I truly enjoyed that. That was super cool and, you know, and and very useful for everyone who was watching or is going to watch or listen to this later on. So thanks a lot for your time. Thanks for showing up. Um, Thanks for showing up, actually, because many people (laughs) refuse to show their face. So sometimes it's a bit kind of, you know, voice-only interviews are are good uh but uh because you know people don't have to see this this whole thing but (laughs) but on the other hand it's always nice to see each other's faces so yeah yeah, thank you very much uh i really appreciate it and it was great thanks annie 
That's all that I had for you today. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow. And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at annealexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode.